now that I'm older um, and I know more about the medical system and like have had all these experiences, I feel way more comfortable advocating for myself. Like at the time I still was, I mean, I was a teenager, I was a minor and talking with a medical professional who's, you know, many decades, my senior and is a doctor has training. Like I don't have any of those things. And I looked to doctors as the like final, like they really knew what they're talking about. And I should just kind of trust what they're saying, no matter what, like I should trust that more than I should trust what I know about what's going on with my own body. Um, whereas now know that if you don't advocate for yourself as a patient, then, you know, you're really not going to get the care that you need. You need to advocate for yourself in order to get good care in the U.S. Welcome back to Everything is Public Health. I'm MJ. And I'm Cass. So this is a topic that I've always wanted to do for a long time because I hear it from friends and family and just read about it a lot in general. And it's one of those topics that I can't really pin down because it's not like like lead in paint. There's lead in paint. Like you can prove that there's lead in paint. Like you, we know that there's lead in paint. Like issues like this are very subtle, therefore very hard to comment on and also very hard to fix because how do you fix something that is inherently so like vague and so... It's less tangible. Less tangible. Well, we just heard all the interviews that I've gathered and I mean, everyone has a different experience, but they all share a similar thread, which is why this thing is called healthcare gaslighting, which is essentially people just don't believe them. I am not a woman, but uh, you, actually, I don't want to make any assumptions. Cass, do you identify as a woman? I do identify as a woman, yes. Have you run into similar stories or similar experiences yourself? I have. Yeah, I think I've had a few issues throughout my life, but I think the most severe was just from actually a handful of years ago. So I went in, was having horrible lower abdominal pain, just Honestly, I thought I was dying. And James took me into the emergency department. You know, they did an exam. They thought, oh, maybe it's an appendicitis. So they did a CT scan and they didn't find anything on the CT scan. And they're like, okay, well, it's not an appendicitis. We're going to send you home. And I'm like, but there's obviously something wrong. Like I'm curled up in the fetal position in horrendous pain. There's something wrong. And it actually took James being like, no, you don't understand. Like, there's there's something wrong. This is not, she's never felt anything like this before. There's got to be some other test you can do. And the doctor said, oh, well, I guess we could try an ultrasound to see what's going on. So they did an ultrasound. I had a, a ruptured ovarian cyst that was, it had been a very, very large cyst. My ovary was hugely swollen and the fluid is really... Um, inflammatory. It causes a ton of pain. And the doctor's like, oh, wow, you have a ton of fluid in your abdomen. And there's your ovary is hugely swollen. And gosh, that must be really painful. And I was like, well, duh. I'm like, in the emergency department writhing in pain. Like I thought that right. was sort what do of, you think? right, we, we had that uh, sorted out already. But it was frustrating for me. I mean, at the time, I was frustrated because I felt like I wasn't being listened to. But then in thinking about it later, when you had mentioned doing this as a topic for the podcast, it was frustrating that James had to advocate for me, which I appreciate that he stepped in and said, no, you're not sending her home. Like, there's something wrong. Right. But the fact that I didn't have enough agency on my own to convince the doctor that there's actually something wrong with me, like I'm not just, you know, trying to get attention or whatever. So 
It's frustrating that that happens. It is. I have so many questions just just from that story. I have so many questions. Like first, and how do they not manage to catch it on the CT? But I guess we'll we'll leave that question out because that's not a that's not like a medical. Yeah, I thing. have I have no idea. I would have assumed that. It would show up. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Okay. So, but we'll leave that out because that's not really important to the discussion. It's a medical thing. Who knows? Medicine is crazy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a clinician. So, my second question is: Were they going to just send you home while you were in a fetal position? Like, what were they going to do? They after the first test, they were like, "Oh, we don't know what's wrong with you, so you know, we'll we'll give you some pain medication and send you home." Wait, that okay. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it's one thing to give someone pain medication. It's another thing to say, we don't know what's wrong. Here's pain medication. Please leave. Well, it was like, go follow up with your primary care doctor, basically. But you're in pain. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, I I don't want to justify or excuse anything, but I do understand that a lot of people go to the emergency department for things that aren't necessary. And there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of pressure on nurses and, and physicians and other clinicians to, there's a lot of people in the waiting room, you know, don't want to keep someone in a bed if we can't figure out what's wrong with them, you know, and it doesn't seem serious enough to admit them. So, you know, I, I recognize that there are some pressures there. But yeah, just saying, oh, we, we can't figure it out. You know, you're in pain, we'll give you some pain medication and, and sort of go see your doctor. Yeah, that was wasn't a good way to um, experience the healthcare system. So why is this a public health issue? Well, for one, because women are people and we care about people in public health. Public health is caring about everyone. And you can't say you care about everyone if you don't care about, you know, the half of the population that is women. So this is why it's a public health issue. Beyond that, it's important to point out that these things will lead to distrust in the healthcare system, for one. And when you have distrust in the healthcare system, that means less care seeking, right? If you don't trust your doctor, why would you go back? If you don't trust the healthcare system in general, why would you go back unless you're like actively dying? It discourages healthcare seeking and it discourages, when that happens, it discourages preventative care. It, dis- it discourages screening. It's just generally, if you have a negative experience with the healthcare system, people are less likely to go back. And that has ramifications further down the line. And another thing, is these things have been known to lead to delayed diagnosis or just misdiagnosis altogether. When physicians don't listen to the patient's concern, they will obviously not give a diagnosis. And when you don't give a diagnosis, that issue is not addressed. So that issue might build up into a more serious issue. And also there's this thing that also came up with interviews. I don't know how to phrase it, but this concept of guilt, which is oh, they sent me home, they said I was okay, I feel really bad going back in and bothering them. Right, and so and if they aren't coming back in, but they feel and they, they know their bodies, they feel like they have an issue, they're going to turn back to the internet, they're going to try the random things that people have said work on the internet because, well, the doctor said that there's nothing they can do, so you know what can I do for myself at home? And then you've got people taking horse and cow medicine to try to treat themselves for things. And the FDA has to say, seriously, I'll stop it. So one of the biggest driver for alternative medicine is a distrust in mainstream medicine or a distrust in their healthcare system. Like people who feel betrayed, people who feel like well, the healthcare system can't do anything or people who feel like they're not heard. They still have the issue, right? That issue didn't go away. 
So essentially you have to take that into their own hands. And what happens when sometimes when you people take that into their own hands, it means going onto the internet. It means doing exactly what you said. Seeking alternative medicine is not just dangerous for the patient potentially, but it, it's also very costly, costly in terms of harms to the patient, but also costly in that when it does fail, they have to come back to the main healthcare system. And then we have to fix a problem that wouldn't have gotten this big if they got it treated like earlier. So that's why it's a public health issue. In public health, we focus on population level issues. And if something is impacting a large portion of the population, then it becomes a public health issue. Yeah. And eroding trust in the healthcare system, delay of diagnosis, these are all things that could be prevented. And if we were to prevent them, there you go. That saves a lot of issues down the line. And that's one of the biggest principles of public health is prevention. So in terms of solutions, as a patient, advocate for yourself. When you are faced with something similar like this situation where they tell you that nothing is wrong, but you're obviously in pain or they tell you that just go home, you just need a a stress, right? Advocate for yourself, be direct, reiterate the thing that is bothering you. And sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes it's not necessarily the physicians being malicious, like trying to ignore you actively. It's just that maybe they have other patients after you and they just want to get to the next thing that's on their to-do list. So even just being advocating for yourself and just pushing back a little bit, that might get you to care that might ultimately save yourself a lot of pain. I would also say if you have to go back in for something. So if you've been in and you feel like the doctor didn't listen to you, when you go back, bring someone with you who can help you advocate, whether it's an actual patient advocate who can help communicate with a physician, a family member, a friend, some other loved one. Sometimes having somebody else articulate along with you what's happening, what they're seeing can change the doctor's perspective. Another thing is getting a second opinion. Not all doctors are created equal just because they have a white coat, just because they have an MD after their name doesn't mean you should automatically trust them unconditionally, right? So get a second opinion if you need it. Also, doing your own research is really good. Just make sure that you do your research on reputable sources, not just forums, right? Try to stay away from forums. Those are never good. But yeah, do your own research. And another tip is ask the doctors for guidelines. So you can either ask them directly, say, hey, like in cases like this, what does the guidelines say? Like, what is the standard procedure for dealing with cases like this? Or you could say in a similar situation, like what would like, what would you do? Like remove yourself from the question. Let's say in a situation like this, what would be the next step? It's not about you. You're just talking about the condition. So that's another tip. I think at the end of the day, one of the most important things is just being clear about what's bothering you, being clear about what's wrong. Don't feel like if a physician's asking you questions that you need to answer in a particular way, you just tell them, say how you're feeling. And if they ask you the same questions, just keep answering them. Partly, they could be asking questions to try to help figure out what's going on. They might be a bit of a jerk uh, and, you know, trying to sort of figure out what's going on. But just make sure that you're being very clear and direct on what's going on. Yeah. And I think I think it's important to know that most physicians are not doing this out of malice. They're just doing this sometimes out of habit, sometimes out of their implicit bias. And sometimes all it takes is just for you to be very direct and say, I'm feeling this way. I need you to like look into this. That might be all it takes for them to take you seriously. In the case of a primary care doctor, if you feel like you aren't being heard, if you feel like your doctor isn't listening to you, I would suggest finding a different doctor, whether it's within the same practice or a different practice altogether. You are a consumer 
and you can go find a different provider who's going to listen to you or at least somebody who's not going to ignore you. Right. Yeah. Second opinion or just switching doctors altogether. That's something that you can do. 